What's going on, everyone? Happy holidays. Merry Christmas Eve as well. This is the CLNS Media Network's Patriots postgame show. I'm your host, Mike Molino, alongside my co-host, Marvin Azan. Final score between the New England Patriots and Buffalo Bills, 37 to 16, a game where uh, the Buffalo Bills definitely want to get a get, uh, get a win, you know, to keep their player hopes alive. They're not completely eliminated, if I'm if I stand corrected. But this loss today against the Patriots didn't help their cause. But on the Patriots side of, side of things, another win secured that helps them, you know, you know, lock in that home field advantage, that first round bye that they can get uh, moving forward. You know, I think we said last week they needed to get this win. They also need to get the win next week. But dominant performance from the Patriots today, like you said, Mike. Both teams, must-win game for both teams, honestly. With the Buffalo Bills, they're fighting for a playoff spot. This is something that's very foreign to the Bills right now, trying to get close to the playoffs. And then you got the Patriots who want to lock up that number one seed. So you could see in that the first three quarters, it was a nail-biter back and forth. Both teams really going at each other, trying to get this win. Buffalo Bills played great defense against the Patriots in the first three quarters, really disguising their defenses, even picked off Brady for a pick six to make this game really interesting. And then in the fourth, Patriots just took, and end of the third going into the fourth, the Patriots really took over and had, I believe, 24 unanswered points, Mike. And they it was, from there on, there was no looking back from the Patriots. Big game, big game from Deion Lewis, man. Really put the team on his back without no Burkhead. No James White, 24 carries, 129 yards rushing, and a touchdown. Also in the receiving end, he did it with five receptions, 24 yards, and a touchdown. We know Deion Lewis to be that dual back, and he put everything in display during this game. Yeah, you got to give him a lot of credit. Like you said, you know, there was no James White, no Burkhead. Uh, Galissi finally playing after being inactive for a lot of games. But Deion Lewis, you know, Put the team on his back, you know, single-handedly, in my opinion, took out the Buffalo Bills. Uh, ever since ever since Tom Brady threw that pick six, it was a completely different game. I think uh, the next four or five off offensive possessions that the Patriots had, they went on to score each of those drives. And, I mean, things just really started clicking from, from you know, before that point. It was really a back-and-forth game. It seemed very evenly matched, even though it's the Buffalo Bills versus New England Patriots. You look at that matchup and you automatically think, you know, Patriots are going to just come out and dominate. But if you watch this game, it seemed very evenly matched. You know, the Buffalo Bills are playing for a lot. You know, they're trying to make it into the postseason for the first time in who knows how long. But it's been a long time for them. So they are coming out with all all-out effort in this game. And up to a point, it looked like, you know, they were they were fighting their battle. But Bill Belichick, the coaching staff, you know, as elite teams do, they find a way. And in this game, Patriots found a way and took over. Tom Brady ended up, you know, doing his thing, found Deion Lewis for a touchdown. Gronkowski, big plays from Gronkowski. Peace. You Peace. know, more and more you watch Gronkowski, I think it's, it's well known to a lot of people. But again, in my opinion, if you don't know, I'm going to state it right now. Uh, Gronkowski is the greatest tight end to ever play the game. And it's crazy. It's crazy that the Patriots have two players in Tom Brady and, and Rob Gronkowski at their position, who you can say, well, these two are the greatest players to ever play quarterback, ever play tight end. They're on the same team. They're playing right now. They're playing at a high level. It's, it's just really interesting and fun time to be a Patriots fan when you're watching these two guys go to work. Gronkowski, five receptions, 67 yards, and a touchdown. That touchdown that you were saying, big plays, one-handed grab mm -hmm. from Gronkowski that was – 
another amazing play from Gronk. You know that Gronk going into this game, there was a lot of things. Is he good? Are you scared for Gronk? Because you know that hit he had on Tredavious White. What was going to happen is the Buffalo are the Buffalo Bills going to retaliate? And you saw a clean you saw a clean game with Gronk in there, and he dominated just like he, you know continuing on from last week against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Another dominating game by Gronkowski, and he is your most important piece on this team to get to the Super Bowl. You need Gronk healthy, which he is, and you need him to make big plays, and that's what he's been doing. Amendola, another solid game from him. Three receptions, 28 yards, Mike. You saw a little bit of everyone in this game. Not not Brandon Cooks, though. Brandon Cooks, another quiet game from him. Two receptions, 19 yards on five targets. We didn't see much of Cooks. Yeah, quiet game from Cooks. Like you said, he really took a back seat uh, to Gronkowski and Deion Lewis, who really, you know, dominated the game, like I said earlier. Uh, it's funny because, you know, you look at a lot of the elite receivers in the league, and week in and week out, they're putting up solid performances, you know. You can look at teams, the Antonio Browns, uh, the A.J. Greens. You know, these guys out there who week in, week out, you know they're going to be a dominant performance from them for their teams. And I would say uh, Brandon Cooks is in that in that level of elite uh, wide receivers in the league, especially before he came to the Patriots. He's the yeah. top option over there in, in New Orleans for the New Orleans States. Uh, so coming over to New England, though, know, he's had games like today where he's gone completely silent and looked like he wasn't even out there. But he's also had games where, you know, he's had huge performances. Uh, this is just a team where Tom Brady likes to spread the ball around. But at the same time, he's getting the ball to Rob Gronkowski. That's without a doubt. You know, <laughs> one thing's going to be sure after every Patriots game. Rob Gronkowski is going to have a big performance. He's probably going to find an end zone. You're probably going to see a Gronk spike. Whatever the case may be, he's going to be involved. But, you know, Cooks, as long as he's healthy, he's a good guy to have out there because if push comes to sub, shove, possibly, you know you're going to get a big play down the field from Cooks. You know, he's still very reliable, uh, someone that I think Tom Brady has found a lot of trust in and can really count on. These games will happen where he'll go silent, but at the same time, there will be games, you know, whether it be next week or going into the playoffs, where you might hear Cook's name called a lot and probably see another solid big game coming from him. Feed me game saying keep feeding Dion Lewis the ball. And, Mike, Dion Lewis is a guy whose contract is coming up, you know, and I think this is the game where he really solidifies saying how much that we – how much he is needed onto this team. This honestly could be Dion Lewis's best game next to the um, the game he had last year against the Tex Texans when he scored on a passing touchdown, rushing touchdown, and special teams. This might be the, his second best game right here. Five, he averaged five yards per carry on 24 carries. 130 yards, that's the most his career high. And two touchdowns in the passing and rushing game. Is Dion Lewis the most important running back on this team? Absolutely. That's without a doubt. And you're looking at just the running back positions, uh, what Deion Lewis is able to do um, and has been doing all season long, you know, staying healthy, staying on the field. While there's been games where James White has been, you know, non-existent. You know, there's been games where Burkhead, you know, he's inactive with injury for a while and then he stepped back in. Now he's out again with the injury. And then we all know the situation with Galissi. Uh, he's been in and out of the lineups as well. But uh, Deion Lewis has been consistently there for the Patriots at the running back position. And not only has he been consistently available, but he's producing. This is arguably easily, you know, his best season 
that he's having not only in his career but with the New England Patriots. Um, he's very important. You know, all the talk going into the season and early on in the season was that the Patriots have this four-headed monster at the running back position. At least that's what I thought, in my opinion. Four-headed monster between Lewis, Burkhead, Galicia, and White. And now it's not really a four-headed monster anymore. It's just Deion Lewis taking over and having performances like today where he's averaging five yards per carry. Uh, what he had 129 yards today and then in the passing game as well he's also very reliable and tom brady can look at him uh down the field as well so what he's able to provide to this offense in terms of running and his pass catching Deion lewis is very very important i'm talking like for tom brady in terms of weapons what the offense has as weapons it's like gronkowski and Deion lewis right now that's what it's looking like to me in my opinion and then we're going to switch it up a little bit, talk about the defense of the New England Patriots. They let up no touchdowns, Mike. It was a bunch of kicks and obviously the pick six that we're talking about. Tyrod Taylor had an okay game, 21 for 38, 280 yards. You look, especially in this matchup, you're looking at LaShawn McCoy, what would he do? He had a pretty good LaShawn McCoy game, you know, rushing 17 yards, 71. 17 times with 71 yards, no touchdowns. Was in the receiving game a little bit. Didn't five receptions, 76 yards, where he did most of his damage. The guy is quick. You know, he has some amazing plays that what Shady does. But the Patriots were able to handle that. And then, Mike, something I know you're really happy about. Tyrod Taylor got sacked six times. The defensive front was a beast in this game. Big shout out to Marquis Flowers. He had 10 tackles and two and a half sacks in this game. That's the production you want to see. Malcolm Brown, who's finally coming back into, into shape into this defense, he has a sack. He had Butler chip in with a sack as well. And Dietrich Wise, our rookie who's been, you know, making a name for himself a little bit in this in this defense, one and a half sacks as well into this game. So the defensive front was a big key in this game. Absolutely. The defensive front, and specifically just the defensive front, you got to give them a lot of credit, you know. I've been looking for games week in, week out, where the Patriots do a solid job at getting at the quarterback um, and, and causing, you know, sacks or whatever the case may be. And that's what we saw here today. I think this might be uh, the second most sacks the Patriots have had on the season against an opposing quarterback. I think they had seven before and today six. I don't think they've had more than that. But either way, six sacks against opposing quarterback, you got to give credit where credit is due. And that is the, the those guys up front who made it a tough day for Tyrod Taylor. But at the same time, I feel like if this was another team where, you know, Tyrod Taylor's solid quarterback, but, you know, he's more known for what he can do, you know, scrambling out of the pocket and yep. making plays. If you have a guy back there who can sit in the pocket and really do a good job of dissecting uh, the secondary, if Patriots went up against a quarterback like that today, in my opinion, this came, this game would have gone in a probably opposite direction than what we saw today because I really feel like there's some trouble in the secondary. Uh, there was a couple of times where some big plays were made down the field um, and it seemed like Butler and, and, and Gilmore were getting Defensive beat. backs didn't look good. That play that happened at the end of the second quarter going into halftime, you know, another questionable call, you know, was with he Benjamin. in with, with, with Benjamin? Was he in? Was he out? You know, another questionable call that's a toss-up. The fact that he was easily able to catch the ball like that over, I think it was Gilmore. Gilmore. It was Gilmore. It was a couple plays. Gilmore had a couple plays where balls were getting caught right over him and, and yards were being picked up. So it's just 
watching this secondary as the season has progressed, it's been a roller coaster ride, but at what point, where can we see some stability? Where can we really say we can depend on these guys? I don't think that, and I don't think it's going to come at any point for the rest of this regular season, only, only one game left, and then going into the playoffs where you're facing, you know, top tier teams, you know, when you're in the playoffs, you're facing the talented teams. Can we really say that we can trust Gilmore and Butler in the secondary with, with how they've been playing? And then guy like Devin McCourty, was he playing today? Because I don't remember hearing his name really called too much at all. Like, the secondary is really having some issues right now. And like I said, if this was another team where you have more of a, a pocket presence in terms of quarterback, this could have gone a different direction. With this secondary, what they're doing is they're, they're using Gilmore, the guy you've been mentioning, to play their the big receiver, to play the Kelvin Benjamin, to play the Martavius Bryant. And so far, Mike, that experiment, that one-on-one -on -one experiment has not been working. You see Gilmore, it seems like he's almost there. He's almost making a play, but the receiver's always been able to get it over him. I don't know what it is. And then Malcolm Butler, let's be honest, folks, he hasn't had a good year. Malcolm Butler has not had a good year at all. He's been letting a lot of people just, you know, take a, take advantage of them, whether it's the cross routes, whether it's the deep ball. We see some penalties he's been he's been letting up as well. So though that one-two monster where you thought was going to be the strength of your defense is not. You mentioned McCordy. McCordy hasn't had the best season as well. I'm not going to put this game on him. He he's he's been playing the running back, stopping him. He's been, been he's been better compared to the beginning of the season. But Gilmore, if you look at the past couple tapes of the past weeks, those big receivers have been able to get on Gilmore. And in the red zone, that's a big problem. Luck, Patriots have been lucky in the second quarter that you mentioned, that Kevin Benjamin thing. You asked me, that kind of looked like a touchdown. But luckily, you know, they said that his foot was on the line they, and it was overturned and they kicked field goals. So as long as you're kicking field goals against this team, you're going to win. You, you can trust Tom Brady to get down the field and score, which was a question Feed Me Gaines asked as well. And I'm going to ask you, Mike, Brady has thrown five interceptions in five straight games. Do you think this is a problem going into the playoffs? I don't think so. I mean, obviously, that stat right there, five interceptions in five straight games, that's not Brady-like at all. That's not something we're used to seeing from Tom Brady. And I think uh, one of the commentators said that, you know, that's the longest stretch that Brady has ever had in his career. I don't think this is what we, we will typically see from Tom Brady. Obviously, going into the playoffs, uh, you're playing teams and better teams with more talent, uh, better defenses, and whatever the case may be. Tom Brady is not the type to really turn the ball over like that. Again, the stat line right here, five interceptions, five straight games is bad. But to see that continuing, it's not Tom Brady's MO. Like, that's not who he is. Obviously, he's an older quarterback. Uh, if you really want to get go down that road with yeah, him, be say careful now. He's declining or something's going on. Like I don't really think so. Obviously, it's been a tough stretch, but five straight games, five interceptions. He's still probably leading, uh, leading most people's uh, MVP charts right now in terms of how he's performed so far this season. So there's always some good with the bad. Yeah, I mean, I don't remember the last time Brady's thrown five interceptions in a five interceptions consecutively in weeks. 
But it is a little bit concerning, Mike, because luckily, you know, you're facing the Bills this week, then you face the Jets. Those are teams you know you're going to be able to put points on. But going into the playoffs, when you start facing the Jacksonville Jaguars, you start facing the Pittsburgh Steelers going forward, and they do get pick sixes, and it is a close game, that can change a lot. You know, luckily, when that pick six happened against the Patriots, that that knotted it up there. You know, Buffalo started to have momentum. But, you know, Patriots, obviously, with the upper hand being at home and everything, changes things a little bit. But in the playoffs, Brady needs to tighten it up a little more. I know it's just one interception, mm -hmm. but five in a row, it can be concerning. It can. I mean, obviously, no one wants to see that kind of stat where game in and game out, it's like you're expecting Brady to throw interception when that's not who he's been uh, you know, well, the last several years of his career, you know, early on in Brady's Brady's career, I think he had a couple seasons where he finished with like 14 interceptions, you know, 12 interceptions, whatever the case may be. And then, you know, once he, you know, went over 30 and whatnot, he's had seasons where he's throw like seven. He had that four, I think he threw four in 2010. He has, he's not a known, he's not known for throwing many interceptions. Um, I just think that, you know, when the playoff comes around and when players are really locked in, because right now, you know, it's the end of the season. You already know you've clinched the division. Obviously, you're in the playoffs. You want to get the home field advantage when not all that's left. But I think once the playoffs comes around, you get through that bye week that the Patriots hopefully probably get. I think things will be locked in and you won't see too much turnovers coming from Brady anymore. And just a reminder, we are live right now, giving our thoughts of this Patriots game. Let us know what you're feeling, your thoughts of the game. Ask us some questions. Let, let's have this you know, conversation going about this 37-16 win from the Patriots. But first, let's listen up. Hoop fans, basketball season is back. And now's your favorite hardwood heroes have returned to action. And it's time for you to put your fantasy knowledge to the test to win huge cash prizes every night playing one-day fantasy football at DraftKings.com. At DraftKings, there are so many ways to play. Choose from public contests with huge cash prizes or private contests where you can compete against your favorite friends. They've even have the beginner and the casual contest where you'll play against people with similar skill sets. The best part, you get to draft a new team. The team is arguably the best part of fantasy. The only thing that gets better, winning cash doing it. Just ask Dan from St. Louis and Jeremy from Austin. They both turned $3 entries into 1000 bucks. Use the code CLNS at DraftKings.com to play free with your first deposit for a share of $10,000 in total prizes tonight. Don't wait. Use code CLNS at DraftKings.com now to choose your lineup, and you can get serious cash tonight. That's code CLNS at DraftKings.com, the game inside the game. Marv, question, you know, we kind of lightly touched on it. Uh, well, I kind of lightly touched on it, but I want to ask you. Looking at Tom Brady's game today, 21 of 28, 224 yards, two touchdown passes, one interception. I think with these two touchdown passes, um, he cracked 30 on the year, if I'm staying corrected. Um, where do you think Tom Brady is at right now in terms of the MVP race? Because obviously, you know, Wentz gone, has gone down with season-ending injury. Obviously, Antonio Brown is out for the rest of the regular season. The race is pretty much between those three guys. Yeah. Um, and with those two out, Tom Brady's probably leading the way right now. 
But there's a guy by the name of Todd Gurley that oh, plays for the Los Gurley. Angeles Rams, and he has been having some dominant performances these last couple of weeks for the Rams. I think we both know pretty well how dominant of a performance he's been having. Do you feel that Tom Brady, and this also goes out to you out there watching, do you feel that Tom Brady is still leading the way? It's pretty much clear cut that he will be the MVP of the season this year, or is Todd Gurley, you know, inching his way up into the conversation? I think this MVP race is Tom Brady's to lose. And now there's only pretty much one game left against the Jets, and I don't see Tom Brady having a bad game at home against the New, the New York Jets where you know you need to win this game. Gurley, who you mentioned, has been unbelievable, especially as a lane these past couple weeks. If you guys play fantasy, you're either really happy that you have Todd Gurley on your team or you suffered major defeat from Todd Gurley, which happened to me, and it happened to my guy Mike in the final. So – we're not happy right now, you know, when it comes to Todd Gurley, but he's been having a monster season. You mentioned guys like Carson Wentz, who had an unbelievable season. You had Antonio Brown. But it's hard to think you can give those guys MVPs without finishing, you know, the full season. Tom Brady, leading the New England Patriots, has been the best player in the New England Patriots. The team is 11, well, 11 and 3. Right now, 11 and 3. 12 and three. The 12, the 12 and three right now. Best team in the AFC East with the number one record. He's been playing unbelievable. 30 touchdowns now. Good completion rating. I think you have to give it to Tom Brady. Another guy in the Patriots that could be possible MVP conversation is Rob Gronkowski because mm. he showed his value into this team, especially when he left in that Miami game where the Patriots, Patriots offense and Tom Brady were not able to get anything going. So you, you might need a sneak. Gronk and Gurley into the conversation. Well, you know, I think those arguments for those two players can definitely be made, but I think I kind of agree with you with the fact that Tom Brady is his to lose unless he goes out against, you know, the Jets next week and just those, you know, multiple picks, doesn't throw for a lot of – it has to be a really bad game for Tom Brady to have. And the way Gurley has played the last couple of weeks – He'd have to come up with a very dominant performance in the final game of the regular season for the Rams for, I, I think, a real debate to take place. But as of right now, I definitely think it's Tom Brady's to lose as well. I saw a question come in from our guy, Feed Me Gaines, who says, do you expect Kenny Britt to contribute more after this week? I feel like Kenny Britt can have, you know, can be a contributor to this team, but you go into next week and you get Hogan back. I think Hogan coming back from injury, you know, that just pushes Kenny Britt back even more in terms of options that Tom Brady has. Uh, you already know Gronkowski is going to be heavily involved. Um, you know Cooks is going to be there. He's been healthy all season. He's been, you know, somebody Tom Brady has relied upon. Amendola, that's Tom Brady's guy. You know, he'll find Amendola all the time, anytime he's on the field. And then if you get Hogan back, you know what Hogan's capable of doing when he's when he's fully healthy and ready to go. Uh, obviously, you know, Kenny Britt, he's not a young guy. You know, he's a veteran player. Uh, we always hear about how hard the New England Patriots playbook is to learn and whatnot. But, you know, I feel like Kenny Britt, if he 
has the time and gets the snaps, you know, he can be a solid contributor. But you look at a guy like Dorsett, who's been with the team all season. Uh, so guy was about to mention. <laughs> Dorsett hasn't been doing anything. So Dorsett is not really involved at all. I don't know how much we can expect to see out of Kenny Britt unless, you know, the team, you know, the wider she is dealing with more injuries or whatever the case may be. But that's just my opinion. I love how you said that. I was going to mention how Kenny Britt can be involved as much as Dorsett is involved <laughs> into this offense. The thing that, you know, Kenny Britt brings into this team is size. Mm -hmm. Another guy with size in there in the red zone. If he has a big, big game, it's going to be during the red zone area where he can come up so with a jump ball that Brady Brady finds him with. We've seen that Brady's not scared to throw at some of these unknown guys. You see a couple weeks now, Hollister's gotten in a couple couple targets. Dwayne Allen, you see him getting in there a bit. Even Kenny Britt had one reception for, I believe, 16 yards. Dorsett started off the game well when he had a nice yards after carry. So Brady's not afraid to throw to these guys. He won't throw to them as often as he is going to throw to an Amendola. When Chris Hogan comes back healthy, Gronkowski's been the main guy. You still have the running backs in Burkhead and Lewis, who, he's gonna, who are going to get the catches, and James White. So there's a lot to feed the ball to. Kenny Britt's going to be in the system. He could be that, you know, that low-key guy in the playoffs that gets a big play. We've always seen someone always come up big in the playoffs somehow. So who knows what Kenny Britt can see. But he's not going to be a guy to get more than five targets into in this Patriots system. True. I agree with you 100%. Um, kind of switching gears a little bit. You know, Patriots got the win, solid win. But coming into this week, there's a lot of conversation taking place with things surrounding the, the New England Patriots. Mm -hmm. And the main topic of conversation has been Alex Guerrero, uh, Tom Brady's personal trainer, who has been around Tom Brady a lot, been around the team a lot because that's Tom Brady's guy. But recently, he's had a lot of his privileges revoked by Bill, Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots where he can't be on the sidelines anymore. I don't think he can ride the team playing anymore. I don't know if he's allowed in the locker room anymore. Just a couple of little things that, you know, Belichick and the Patriots have revoked from him. And there wasn't really a clear-cut reason as to why it happened, but it happened. And a lot of people figured, well, it's not going to sit well with Tom Brady if that's his guy. You know, he's been a part of Brady's workout, the TV 12 method and all that extra stuff. That's been Tom Brady's guy. But now he's not as involved anymore or not allowed to be as involved anymore. What kind of effect do you think, you know, the situation has had on the team, Tom Brady, Belichick? You know, what are your some of your thoughts on it? First, it reminds me of, reminds me back in school, Mike. <laughs> you remember back in school, there was always that kid who had gum. You know that kid that always had that chewing gum? He'll sneak it out and take a piece of gum and you caught him. So when you caught him, you'd be like, yo, can I get a piece of gum? And then all of a sudden, the other, your other friends heard that, he has gum, so everyone calls up to him. It's like, oh, I want gum. I want gum. Uh -huh. And so then he says, nah, forget it. No one gets gum. So now you're the, the first person who asked. You're kind of mad because, like, I was about to get gum. Now all of you guys are around here asking for Now no one gets gum. That's kind of like the situation right here. Hmm. What a way to put it. Brady gets his guy here, Alex Guerrero, and he's getting perf perfect treatment, nice treatment. And then maybe Gronk sees it. It's like, oh, hey, could I, could I go to Guerrero? Yeah, sure. Edelman, other guys from the defense, like, oh, Gronk's looking pretty good now. He's looking, you know, kind of pliable. Let me go to him. And then all of a sudden, Belichick's like, whoa, 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 stop. This can't happen no more. None of you guys can use Alex mm -hmm. Guerrero. And what I'm hearing, though, is Guerrero's still involved in the team. He just doesn't have, you know, in, he's not inside the locker room. He's, he's out wherever the TB12 
center is and Tom Brady is still able to go to him and the other players are able to go to him just after training after that you know they have their own training staff and so it's weird you can't have two, one guy saying something and your training staff saying the other that that can sure. cause problems you know one thing Belichick doesn't like is distractions so he probably just nipped that in the butt and ended it from there so that's what it reminds me it reminds me of the kid with the gum that you, that you got caught asking for and no one can get it no more <laughs> do you feel like this situation, you know, and you know, look at uh, looking at it from Tom Brady's perspective. Do you feel like Tom Brady's probably pissed? Maybe he, Belichick explained it the way how you just broke it down. Do you think Tom Brady said, well, "Okay, well, I see where you're coming from. As long as I can still use him and he's still connected to me," or do you feel like Tom Brady's like, "Nah, this is my guy that's that's been holding me down and helping out some other guys. How are you just gonna revoke all this stuff?" How do you feel Tom Brady feels about all I that? I mean, Mike, we got to remember. Tom Brady and Belichick have been working with each other for 18 years. Mm -hmm. This is an 18-year relationship. These are not just this is not Belichick's third year with the Patriots, and he's telling Brady he can't do something. You know, they they've grown up with each other in in a way. So I'm pretty sure they had the conversation. Belichick took him aside and said, "Yo, this is becoming a distraction. Unfortunately, I'm gonna have to take it away. I know it's an inconvenience for you, but this is what we gotta do." Maybe inside Brady's kind of mad because it is an inconvenience, but I don't think it's a big problem where they're not talking to each other or there's a miscommunication. As media, you know, you love to hear something like this. Oh, Belichick's taking away one of Brady's guys in the sideline what and whatnot. But I think it's overblown in my opinion. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think that's the same mindset I had when I thought about the whole situation. I don't think that, you know, Brady took it super duper personal that that happened with Alex Grill, you know, getting everything with him revoked from the team. I think Brady and Belichick have a great understanding um, that, you know, they built up this great relationship, you know, this great winning atmosphere and environment over the last, you know, 15 plus years or whatever the case may be. So I feel like as much as it probably is an inconvenience, like you said, for Brady, he probably understands. And as long as Brady can still go to the TV 12 center, still you know connect with Guerrero whatever the case may be I think there's no real serious issue but again like you said oh the media gets to see a story like this they're gonna yeah, blow it up, up eat it up and you know all the headlines are gonna do something shaky with the Patriots and Tom Brady and Bel it's gonna happen like that but I think when it all boils down which is why you know Belichick and Brady in a couple press conferences and whatnot, whatnot that they had, they kind of just brushed it off to the sideline. We're not here to talk about it. It's not a big deal. Like, who cares? I mean, I think they would talk like that in any situation because that's just the Patriots' way to handle stuff. But I really don't feel like it's that big of an issue. I think, you know, the relationship and the bond that Brady and Belichick has built over the years trumps anything that could possibly go on that would cause a real serious issue between those two. But, I mean, looking at our guy Clifton Brown just came into the mix, and he said that Tom Brady's still in the running for MVP, uh, but Todd Gurley's definitely on his horse, you know, closing in that second, overtaking Antonio Brown, you know, in the rankings. I got to agree with you, man. I think Gurley is definitely coming on strong, coming on real hear, strong. I don't want to hear no more Gurley talk. Gurley, no more Gurley talk, man. Yeah, I got a smile it. on my face right now, but for those of you who don't know, Gurley single-handedly defeated my football team, my fantasy football team, in the finals this week. So Mike's a little hurt right now. It's okay, man. I'm a little hurt. Going through it, too. The finals, the championship round, Gurley single-handedly broke my team. And I'm feeling the pain right now. But this show's not about that. 
This is about the New England Patriots, who next week will be taking on the New York Jets in a game where, yes, final game of the season, but still pretty important because that home field advantage, uh, that number one seed is not fully locked up yet. So it's a must win. And like I said last week, I'll say it again this week. There's been some seasons where the Patriots do some funny business to end the year. Well, you know, it's like some random rich stuff on special teams, or maybe it's when they you know, for the kick uh, the kickoff and the coin toss. I mean, you know, instead of deferring, <laughs> maybe they want to receive to start the game. They do some funny stuff. I don't know. Hopefully, that's not the case though, and they come out with the mindset similar that they had today against the Buffalo Bills, where. We're going to come out, we're going to get this win, and we're going to do what we have to do to keep it moving. So Jets, Patriots, obviously, the Jets don't have anything to really play for, you know, maybe for pride, you know, respect from the fans and the family, but there's nothing to really play Play spoiler, you know, play spoiler, division division game, so you already know it's going to be tough, but like, as you mentioned, the Jets, not, not much to play for. They don't have anybody that you're going to say is a big threat. Robbie Anderson with wide receiver. We'll see what, <laughs> we'll see what Butler, don't you, Patriots secondary has been struggling against receivers. You know, Robbie Anderson is a guy that can really, you know, cause some damage against them. But all in all, we know this should be another easy win. I can expect the score from like we saw today, a 37-16 Patriots win. Yeah, I have to agree with you. And I think, uh, Back to the MVP talk a little bit. I think Tom Brady comes out with a solid performance and really puts, you know, the hammer down on the whole conversation of who was the MVP this year. And for the first time ever, a 40-year-old quarterback will be the NFL MVP. You know, he's already broken a lot of records. I think he probably he has the most, you know, passing yards for a 40-year-old quarterback. I'm pretty sure he has that locked up. Touchdown. Touchdown passes most ever by a 40-year-old quarterback. And then on top of that, a um, um, MVP award by a 40-year-old quarterback. I think those are all things most likely headed Tom Brady's way. Just more stuff to add on to the reason why he's the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. Uh, but, you know, possibly next week, depending on how the game goes, you could see a lot more backups. Maybe the Patriots finally said, all right, game's over. We won. It's locked up maybe late in the third quarter, whatever the case may be. And you let the Hoyers go out there. You take Deion Lewis out. You let, you know, Brandon Bolden play running back. Give Dwayne Allen a couple more snaps. Whatever the case may be, do not hesitate to take guys out of the game if it's locked up. Do you still want to see a guy, and you want to see Chris Hogan hopefully be ready for this game and play well. You want to see some of these guys play well going into the bye week so they can really have stuff to, you know, prepare for whoever they're going to face into this playoff game. You don't want to go out there in Jets and just squeak by, have a bad performance, and then you're scrambling. Have Chris Hogan out there, hopefully healthy. James White and Burkhead out there looking good. So you go into this bye week, you know, feeling good and being ready for your opponent coming into Gillette. Mike, Patriots are not leaving. They do not have to leave. If they win, beat the Jets, that means from December on to February, they're staying in New England the whole time, comfortable, getting ready, and then sold in the Super Bowl. Very true, man. Very true. And I think every Patriots fan out there has their fingers crossed that that's exactly how it unfolds for the rest of the way. But Marv, looking at the time, I think it's about that time. It's about that time. For the stars and sorries of the game, send 
those names our way, whoever you think is the star of the game, whoever you think is the sorry of the game, send it to us. Uh, but I think we'll kick it off with the stars. We might be in agreement with this guy that I'm about to say. Hell of a game, hell of a season, and it's just continuing to move along. Hopefully he continues to have performances like this moving on into the postseason. But Deion Lewis finished the game with 24 carries, 129 yards, and one touchdown, rushing, and then receiving five, reception, five receptions, uh, 24 yards, and one touchdown all over the place. Again, like I said in the beginning of the show, in terms of offensive weapons and who Tom Brady kind of really trusts right now, Gronkowski, Deion Lewis. You know, Brady's up here, the most important guy yeah. out there, obviously. But Gronkowski, Deion Lewis, I think that that's what it is, in my opinion. I got to give Deion Lewis a star of the game. Deion Lewis, it's, that's an obvious one. I agree with you, 100% star, balled out. He's he's looking like he's looking like a Ray Rice out there, might be young Ray Rice mm-hmm. out there running small guy, but you really shifty, can't tackle him. He gets all the yards you need. Even though you saw that third and fourth run where he got out there and reached his end. He's, he's been able to do everything you need for this team. So Deion Lewis, obviously, I got two more that I want to give out. Rob Gronkowski, you know, just that catch itself, that touchdown catch was a play you're going to see a lot, one-handed. He's just been amazing. Like I mentioned earlier, he's also should be in the MVP running because the guy, without him, the Patriots aren't going nowhere. Cheesh, Mike, I just looked at your fantasy <laughs> score. Put it away. My God. Don't worry about that, man. Please. <laughs> Damn. And then, last but not least, another guy I mentioned, Marquise Flowers. He balled out this game. Ten tackles in general. Two and a half sacks. Three tackles for loss. This is what the Patriots need from their front, and Marquise Flowers brought that to them. So those are my stars of the game. Uh, shout out to Clifton Brown, who chimed in and said his stars of the game are one, Deion Lewis, two, Tom Brady, and three, Mike Galissi finally got a touchdown after being out for so long. Man, oh, man, I can't disagree with you at all, Mr. Brown. I think, you know, those three guys can all get consideration for stars of the game. But when there's the good, there's the bad. And on this show right here, when you're bad, whether you want to Patriots or not, we tell you, sorry. sorry. You know, honestly, Mm-mm. if I'm a Bills fan, mm. this game was huge, yep. very huge. Your team is playing some of the best football it has in a long time. The record was, what, 8-6 and six coming into this game, I'm pretty sure. And the Bills, you've gone through some ups and downs this season. You want to change quarterback. You change quarterback. The guy throws five interceptions in the first half of the game. Then, you know, you go back to the original quarterback. And all with all of that, you know, you're still sitting with an eight and six record, still possibly, you know, trying to punch your way into the playoffs. And you have a game like today against the Buffalo, I mean, the New England Patriots. And you're like, if we're going to really show people, that, you know, this is a team to be reckoned with this year. You're going to go into New England. We're going to get a win. We're going to make sure that our ticket into the playoffs is that much more secure with a big win over the New England Patriots. But it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. You know, like I said, through the first half, it was a close game back and forth. 
close game. And it just all fell apart for the Buffalo Bills, and they just weren't able to keep up, not only keep up with, but they weren't able to stop the Patriots and everything that they were doing. It's I don't think it's completely over for the Bills in terms of playoff chances, but I know the percentages of them getting in just dropped dramatically with this loss. And if you're a Bills fan out there, you're probably hurting right now. Mm-hmm. Can't say I feel for you, but I understand the hurt that you're probably going through. So, so with, that, with that, Bills fans, Buffalo Bills, for myself and Mark, you get a big sorry. And Mike, I'm not even going to say too much. I agree with your sorry. <laughs> you know, the Buffalo Bills, Mike, you know, in the last time they were in the playoffs, 1999. What were you oh. doing at 1999? Ah, oh, my goodness. Probably watching Men in Black 1, the first Men in Black, uh, getting ready for the for the new year to come around, the, the, the 20, uh, year 2000, I'm talking crazy. So long ago, that's why I'm talking crazy. 1999? 1999, man, I was probably waiting for some race car toy under the tree or maybe some Power Ranger action figure. I was listening to, you know, my parents talk about how the millennium's coming out. We got to stack up all food and stuff, get a bunch of canned soups and all of that stuff, but because you didn't know what was going to kick off, but my goodness. That's the last time. And since then, Patriots have won five Super Bowls. Yeah, man. And it's been a rough time for the Buffalo Bills and Buffalo Bills fans because they haven't even sniffed playoffs at all. It's been a lot of rough years for those fans up there, man. But it is what it is. We got Frank saying those sorry goals to the Bills coach. They played tough. You know, Bills try to play tough. That fourth quarter completely went away. Clifton mentioning Stephon Gilmore, like we said, second straight week he's getting burned with one-on-one big receivers, Bryant, now Benjamin, and he hasn't shown up. And this is what you brought him here for, Mike. You brought him to get those big guys. You paid him a lot of money for this. A lot. And he hasn't hasn't shown you that he can do it, Mm -hmm. and that's concerning because you don't want to have another safety help with Gilmore on a big wide receiver. So I don't know what's going to happen, but Gilmore needs to step it up. Big time. Yeah, man. I agree 100%. Uh, but, you know, going into the game next week against the Jets, a better performance from the secondary, especially. Obviously, it's the Jets. They don't, they don't have any, you know, big-time talent, big names over there, you know, in terms of options that wide receiver for them. But we've seen many times before, you know, probably see many times again, Anybody can sometimes have their way with this Patriots defense in the secondary if they're not playing uh, to the best of their ability. But we'll be watching, as we usually do. And then we'll be right here on the CLNS Media Network's YouTube page live after the game. Any final thoughts, Mar, before we We head out? We got a lot of people, you know, wishing us a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. So just back to you guys. Merry Christmas. Enjoy the time that you have with your fans or whatever you guys are doing. Enjoy it. Patriots win. Next week against the Jets is a big one. As Even though, you know, the Jets are not a great team, you want to win this solidify going forward. And it's looking like another another promising year for the New England Patriots. Absolutely. Just hope for good health and just continue to have dominant performances. Like Marv just said, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, whatever the case may be, whatever you celebrate. Enjoy this time with family, friends, loved ones, presents, gifts, whatever the case is coming your way. Uh, 
This has been the Patriots post game show on the CLNS Media Network. Happy holidays, guys. See you next week.